Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to the Mug Wumps. Oh, we have a special guest this time. They're Jewish. They're Canadian. So we're going to have a lot to talk about. Why don't you introduce yourself to us, Justin Trudeau? <laughs> well, hello there. My name is, what, Justin Trudeau? That's, oh, that's <laughs> horrible. I can't even stand to be that person. Oh, can I be like can Justin I be like Trudeau? some Jewish version of Justin Trudeau? Can I be like uh You you can be Jewish Justin can I, Trudeau. Can I can I be Justin Trudeauvich? You can be Justin Trudeauvich. <laughs> no, introduce yourself to everybody at home. I'm Justin My name is Justin Trudeauvich. I am a hotelier and bird aficionado from the north. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. <laughs> You know, I, I once upon a time you were gonna go to Hollywood and strike it big as a movie man. Yeah, that that like my similar to my high school interest in politics just slowly dissolved away when I went through but university. But you're good at politics. Are you good at movies as much as you go are good at politics? It's not a matter of being good at it. I was good at politics. I hated politicians. I was good at uh, movies. I hate movie makers. So that just ends up being uh, just inherently going into a hostile work environment when you hate everyone or the majority of people you're going to work with. That's just the American experience. Why do you hold so much hate in your heart? <laughs> oh, it was it was it took a lot of soul searching. It took a it took a year after graduating of thinking about what I what I actually liked doing and it made me happy. And turns out film wasn't it. Turns out it's just the way. It's being in hotels. That I did not expect. It turns expect. out that you're, you are a genetic Mr. Mosby. <laughs> Something like that. So, um... What does it feel like being a person of color? Being in hotels? Being a person of color. Uh, well, I mean, it's hard to be a person of color when no one notices you. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to be uh, underappreciated, right? Um, right. So, I, so I, I, I have to sort of draw attention to the fact more than, than the average person would. You know, I have my chai, my, my, my special necklace that, that, that sort of makes me stand out. Right. And you, I, you once told me, I, and I, I, I talk about this all the time because it fascinates me, but your branch of Judaism, your stance is that people really don't like Jews, so we, sh we should cut the shit and maybe we won't get killed. Is that, is that true? That people... people the people don't love Jews, so we should. Well, that your your official like the stance of your denomination is that we we shouldn't act too Jewish because that people might beat us up. Yeah, the thing is, is that you know, especially nowadays, you, I mean, it's always been in our culture not to draw too much attention to ourselves, but now especially, right. it's very easy to get away with. With being with being Jewish, you know, I mean, it's so it's so easy now that people actually have to start looking for us. You know, they do the whole like name background search, and they do the, the what 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 was it the three the three brackets around our names and shit like that, like trying to trying yeah. to trying yeah. to keep track of us. You know, it's a right. uh, it's a uh, the numbers are just getting out of control. But that's the thing is like at this point we're not protecting a look anymore like there's a lot i mean I'm, I'm sure that if you lined a group of jews up and then compare them to a a group of non-jews you might be able to might be able to look at them and be like oh i see i see why these people are 
are you don't look Jewish, Jewish to me at all. What does a Jewish person look like to you, Charlie? Well, what? I'm just saying that you your features are more. Oh, look. I don't know. I used to think you were Irish because your last name is Dublin, and you just kind of look like <laughs> a, a skinny white guy. I know, I know. That's the thing. I'm. I. That's what I'm saying. Is modern generations of Jews are getting further and further more inconspicuous. You know. Um, but we do. the The thing is, the stereotypes do come from truth. A lot we do well, on Paul, average. Paul have Rudd like, is a Jew. Hmm. Paul Rudd is a Jew. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's that's crazy, right? That is nuts. You would never know so these yeah. days, like. Well, that's I mean, he does work in Hollywood. Well, it's like Adam. Okay, so you brought this up. Adam Sandler, as he gets older, looks more and more like a rabbi. I think uh, that's fascinating. That's the thing is, if you, the, the, a lot of the Jewish sort of physical stereotypes are a Jew who doesn't cut their hair or shave their beard, right? So right. most most clean cut Jews just look like normal people. It's Could when be any one of you us. Know, I'll tell you what, if Paul Rudd grew a beard and put on, like, some, like, just even a kippah, you wouldn't be thinking, like, oh, he doesn't fit into the, the Jewish look. I mean, I'm looking at him now. This guy screams Jew to me. When I even look at his <laughs> average photo. Because I can see the beard if you put it on. I can see no, the kippah. I, can, I, can, I bet it would be kind of curly, yeah. So what is, what is a kippah? Tell us this. What's a kippah? It's, a, it's just a, a, a religious hat you wear on your head, like a... It's like, it's the is same. It, is it like a yarmulke? No, it's kind of, it, it is, it is a yarmulke. It's another word for a yarmulke. Um, okay. Oh, okay, okay. It's, it's sort of like, okay. a, it's, it's like a divinity <laughs> lightning rod, you know? It just sort how of do, channels you, it. How do you keep them little shits on your head? Uh, clips. Little hair, little, uh, uh keep a clips. Oh. You clip to your hair. Unless you're bothered, in which case you just. have like a spinner on top? <laughs> Well, for little, do, for, do, for do young little Jews. Jewish kids, yeah, walk for young Jews, they add a little, little helicopter like a spinner. spinner. Right. Yeah, 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 propeller. Cool, cool. What is it? What is it called? So, what's the deal? Like the outfit that rabbis wear. What's the deal with that? Like the black coat and like the big, like wide-brimmed black hat. Well, you talking- is expressing like some disinterest in like. You know, he doesn't really like the conversation right now. But we need to have this conversation to make up for some of the jokes. I've met one Jewish person in my entire life, and we're talking to him. We in Alabama, we don't have guys like this. It's true. It's okay. I can, I can, uh, I can forgive all all Jewish choked sins right here, right now. Um, you heard that, folks? We got the we pass. got the blessing. <laughs> it's, that's right. You've got, you've got my you've got my Jew pass. We got the K word pass. The K word pass. Which, the by the way, I, I've, I've never found it an, an offensive word. It just doesn't even sound offensive. It has no, like, bite to it. It sounds like something you... Like, if you could put it easily in a nursery rhyme poem, like Mike the... <laughs> I mean, that just sounds like some, some, some children's book character. <laughs> yeah, I think he used to run next to Little Orphan Annie back in the day. <laughs> No, serious question. What's the deal with the little curls and like the big black hat? Okay, so oh, those are Hasids. Those are Hasidic, yeah, so. yeah. You're talking about Hasidic Jews, which um, they they basically are are following some general tenets about sort of caring for oneself and 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 presenting oneself. So it's all it all just comes down to interpretations of the Torah and how they say right. we should care for our hair. So for example, all right. Orthodox Jewish women wear wigs. You wouldn't be able to tell because their mm, wigs literally look like 
what their hair would look like if they just grew out their hair. But technically, just like, you know, a nun or something like that, they're not supposed to, you know, show their hair. Well, that's back in the concentration camps and stuff. They would snatch all the wigs. Yeah, well, that's the that, thing is they, they, they had a lot of wigs to snatch. Um, but it's it, it's it's all about um, it's all about basically showing your respect and devotion to God by practicing these acts of restraint. So you don't. Right, OK, so, we, so it's is, like a hijab or uh, or something like that. Like a Hasidic hijab. Here's here's what's wrong with you guys. <laughs> You're not even going to hell. So what are you worried about? Do whatever you want. God's not mad at you. That, you don't get punished. That ain't how it works. We didn't look. Look, it was you Christians who got some stupid get out of jail free. Jesus oh. is like covered you, covered you all, and all you have to do but is like say you're sorry. No, we, we, it's not that we all get a ticket to heaven, but we also don't get like an express ticket to heaven. So if you're a piece of shit, you're going to be waiting they a just, long time in limbo before oh you go no. up there. Yeah, they just, they, they get the ticket to heaven. They just don't get the express ticket to hell. Right. Yeah. Well, We're the like, ones who fear punishment and like, like hellfire and brimstone. You could go eat a bunch of shrimp today and God would just be like, you know, I don't like it when you eat shellfish. And you're like, I know. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's it's more like that's more like God be like, hmm, he ate some shellfish today. I'm gonna tack on five extra days of waiting before he goes up there. And I bet you, like a real horrible person, has to wait thousands of years and some. Hitler's know. probably still waiting. That's what I said once. I was like, you know what? Hitler probably is just like just sitting there forever. And the best part Man, is, man, can you imagine being Hitler and watching all those guys you killed just go straight? That's in? That's what I was gonna to say, right? Like you're just yeah, sitting you're like, on the side of the escalator. <laughs> I mean, he was—he's already. Hold up, hold he, up. Is your name on the list? He was already—he was already excluded. Back of the line. If you think about it, though, he was discluded once in life, and then he, you know, became, and then he killed six million Jews. Imagine what he's going to do when he realizes he's been discluded again in the afterlife. I bet you he's he doing like a, a super holocaust in limbo. He's probably like, man, <laughs> you've got to stay the fuck out of limbo. <laughs> Maybe you guys do go to hell. Hitler has just ensured that Limbo is now hell. As long as he's still waiting there. He's just waiting on every Jew he's, who's also been a piece of shit. Maybe he's literally like, he could be the Jew's Lucifer, you know? Like, being punished. Yeah, he's kind and of, in his punishment, he punishes everyone of us Jews. Right. That's a great conversation. Are you, are you, are you religiously a Jew or, or, or just culturally a Jew? Well, spiritually speaking, I'm an agnostic Jew. I... I wouldn't ever use God to as an explanation for anything that happens. But if God, you know, or some proof or some some divine element was involved in the way everything works, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I can see it. Moreover, you know, it just I just fall into the classic. It is a little bit on the comforting side. Just having some concept to throw your That's claim on. Yeah, that's that's kind of my thing, honestly, is I don't believe it, but it's kind of nice to, like, leave the door open. Yeah, like, I'm not going to like, I, I, I'm not a big on sort of, you know, scorning people for believing because more. The thing is, the, the, the universe is so 
vast and incomprehensible. And the value of our proper interpretation or understanding of it is so minimal. Like, have a LARP, you know, have have some fun with it. It's 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 just a, a refreshing way to view the world. And more importantly, for me, the thing about Judaism and about Jewish culture is the values. That's what I stick to. I adhere to the traditions. Right. I adhere to the values because even though when you get into the orthodox circles where they're just absolute pieces of shit um, that are around there, <clears throat> an average casual Jew, the most important things to us are looking out for your family, which isn't even exclusive to us, and not taking and, and, and sort of not taking the blessings you have for granted. Because we do have a cultural history, an actual history history of having everything ripped away from us more than once. Right. And when mm -hmm. you're like that, you can't have the mentality, the cultural mentality of like, oh, we don't have to, we, don't, we can just be carefree and everything's going to be, you know, easy goings for us. You just have this thing right. in the back of your mind of like, you've got you've to be a, a, a mentally strong person. I almost feel like all well, the... Like a lot of the people who weren't mentally strong just got culled in the last few hundred years through, you know, enslavement and murder and, and exile and things like that. Well, that's the kind of the, the problem with a lot of Christians just culturally, really, is that they kind of expect everything to be catered to them and, and expect to get everything their way all the time. Forever and ever. Well, here's the Jewish Have cycle. You ever been here's, here's a good example of the Jewish cycle, right? In medieval or late or Renaissance Italy, and this is where the Merchant of Venice is from, it was considered right. sinful to lend money, to be a banker, basically. Um, right. And so, of course, no good Christian was a banker. Well, that means that we found a niche and we didn't find it sinful to be bankers. So we became bankers. Right. Turns out that everyone wants a moneylender. And so we became wildly successful. But because right. the act is considered sinful and because there was a resentment of how much money we had accrued, even though we were an exiled caste from every other occupation that there was, it's right. based, they say, okay, so they're like taking over. And so then right. all of literally a whole swaths of Jewish people get all their money taken from them and they get kicked out. And that's the cycle. Every single time there's a niche, it's the same thing with law in the US. Most people didn't like doing... Uh, like hostile takeovers and a lot of those kind of more um, aggressive lawyers that now are sort of like the mainstream used to be very taboo. Well, Jewish people came to the U.S. They weren't allowed in modern law firms. They made their own where they practiced law that no one else wanted to practice. It turned out that it was really uh, lucrative. And so now everyone thinks that there's all the bankers and lawyers are Jews because that's the niches we fill. I... I've personally have been a part of more than one secret clandestine ruthless takeover plan with you in charge just oh, yeah. in world of warcraft <laughs> and it's so it you came so naturally yourself. to me I, I had to do it <laughs> i it's it's you're the best at it it's what i mean you shouldn't be working at a hotel you should be in politics or a lawyer or any number of things that would make you miserable it's funny by the way that you brought up lawyers because you know i, I used to work in like a law firm marketing company and one of the uh, one of the like co-founders or whatever um, connected with a lawyer that like he, I think they like met in person, and 
<laughs> because we were like a, a law firm kind of thing, he like and like just as part of the conversation, he um he assumed that we were like a a Jewish organization. <laughs> working like for like lawyers and he like the the co-founder was just like yeah absolutely <laughs> just kind of played along i thought it was really funny yeah you just have to yeah go with it it's fine uh, the thing mm -hmm. is that every uh, like the thing with this though this cycle is that once everyone finds out there's money to be made in it then everyone gets involved now you, you know now now i wouldn't assume that a banker was a jew Maybe right. like the owners of the largest banks just because they had a head start and you have that generational wealth and generational experience kind of thing. But the average person who's going into banking or law or anything like that can be anyone because now because everyone's drawn to money. It's not just Jews. Right. <laughs> well, it's that it's that thing, right? It's that like, yeah, Hollywood is full of Jews. I mean, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It just is. It's the same thing. Every in Hollywood, Las Vegas was another one. Jewish people were a lot. Were some of the like main people who started Las Vegas. It's filling in niches that people think are taboo. Gambling is well, taboo, and, just, and we filled in that niche. The and entire western part of the United States was just our undesirables being driven away from us. Why the hell is mm -hmm. gambling taboo? Like, what? What? The, what's the deal? I don't with know. Gam gambling so weird. Like, it's one of those things that. that it's like, like my fiance is like, I don't gamble. Like, why? It's fun. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm not hurting anybody. You only hurt yourself. Yeah. yeah exactly. I mean, unless if you have like a family and you're gambling away your kids. Like, right, if you're like an old person, like anything. slamming the button and wasting your pension check at like a casino, just feeding the beast. I mean, that's gross. But I mean, it's that's probably the origin of it as a sin. But I think honestly, I, I, I don't know exactly what sect she's part of, but like it is kind of Christian theology to, um, you know, turn anything fun into a sin right well because then you you, you got to make people feel bad so they come in and give you a bunch of money right it's also such a christian hook. thing to like be like oh this thing is a sin oh fuck they're making money god damn you i'm going to cause so many problems what a christian thing well, to be the so christians make it they make it your problem that I don't know i don't want to do this <laughs> well it's it's Cut that one. it's not even, it's not even christians. money like this it's just it comes down to like you know i don't know i don't blame any sort of group for the way pe the, the way people act because i feel like if you if you threw jews or any other culture that's like us where we just have to will it you know we by 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 force get our hands dirty it's uh mm. you know it just it, it's it's always gonna be a a sort of a resentment and a sort of a, a boogeymanism that comes with doing that because Especially until recently, it was harder to see that big picture. You just could have, right. you know, the, a society would just blink one day and then there's all these Jewish merchants or Jewish bankers or Jewish this or Jewish that. And, and it's only when the pattern becomes observable that you even notice the pattern in the first place. Like most people aren't seeing like the first Jew make a law firm and think like, oh, this is going to go somewhere. Just you wait, you know. <laughs> It's, it's my only, mother blinked yeah. one day and there was a Jew in my bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was you have to excuse me. Wild time. You have to excuse me because uh, I, oh, I, I grew thought that up was a joke. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, he, yeah he, he stayed at <laughs> my this house. Is, this and is a literal thing that happened. Yeah. 
I grew up in a, you, an evangelical church, so I, I do, in fact, blame Christians for a lot. Well, white Christians it's are hard the not to down here these yeah, days. That's but. True. So, I want to know if you have ever been on Birthright. Have I ever been on the what program? Birthright. Like, did you go on Birthright? Oh, Birthright. No. No, I just, I just went to Israel to, to, to see family. I don't know. I mean, the Birthright thing is kind of cool. Um, it's sort of like a little mini vacation, but, um, uh, I've heard stories about birthright and it, it's kind of limiting for experiencing Israel. It's very much, the problem is, is that everyone in Western Judaism fanboys so much over Israel. My dad's a good example of that. And then you actually have Israelis who have a much more grounded idea of Israel but they're not going to be the ones touring you through Israel. It's going to be other fanboys who tour you through Israel. It's kind of like getting a tour of Japan by weebs and not actually an actual uh. Japanese people. It's just, it's just not the same because it, they only know the, the surface level elements and they really try and avoid any sort of deeper avoid all the dead parts Muslims. of the society. Yeah, I yeah mean, when you I say Israel, do you mean Palestine? Israel, Palestine. I'm. I'm not even going to touch that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're the you're the ambassador to Judaism in Alabama right now. You have to you have to share your thoughts on everything. I have to share no, my thoughts probably, on Israel, Palestine. Are we going to go we from probably, like Jewish history to Jewish politics that hard? <laughs> we talk Canada. We yeah, still have yeah, Canada. Let's, to go, talk let's about. backslide into Canada. I feel like we've, <laughs> we we kind of like pushed the. So uh, you hate the Quebecois. Yeah, what's the beef between French Canadians and regular can Canadians? Uh, there's, there's too much echo for that one. You gotta tell me again. What's the beef between French Canadians and normal Canadians? Oh, that one's easy. Uh, French Canadians are horrible people, and they try and make themselves a, a privileged class for no other virtue <laughs> than they were total losers from their entire history of Canada. And somehow that means that we gotta, like, cut them some, some slack. Like, they just lost the war. And by virtue of losing a war, and, and uh, that, that, was, that was like hundreds of years ago, they're doing you this whole thing. You have to give us les reparations. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's just uh, they, they, they insist that French has to be a spoken language, even though more people speak Mandarin than they speak French in this country. They insist that, <laughs> you know, um, they're, that they're the sovereignty of their one province has to be respected more than any other province, even though other provinces ha make more money or have they're kinda more... Like the, they're kind of like the Texas of Canada. They're kind of like the French of Canada. They're, they're kind of like the French of Canada. They're kind of <laughs> like they're kind of like if France and Texas had a baby, except instead of... It's, ah! it's, it's sort of like all the lameness of Texas with all the sort of state loyalty... Of, you know, so all the lameness of France with all the state loyalty of Texas. And you combine that together... Woof. It's like if you had a if you had like a a a, a tall, ugly dude and a, Stinky, a short, hairy. beautiful girl, and they make a baby, and it's just a short, ugly dude. It's just it's just the the losing the lottery in that way. Right. <laughs> Sidebar: I've been um, I, I I've been trying out learning French on Duolingo, and what a stupid fucking language. Oh, I yeah. kind of hate <laughs> a it. A stupid fucking language for a stupid fucking people. The Mugwumps <laughs> podcast official stance on the French is we, fuck them, fuck them all, 
Fuck them dead. We <laughs> condemn the French on this podcast. Good, good. good. That's, 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 that's why I'm here, to denounce so the you're, French. So you're British-Canadian, right? Uh, actually, no. I, uh, my, my mom is French-Canadian, but I don't like to draw attention to that fact. Oh. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm a defector. I'm a defector in that regard. <laughs> so, don't you celebrate- No, he's a Yiddish-Canadian. <laughs> Don't you celebrate Christmas? Isn't don't you have like a normal like a Jewish parent and a normal parent? <laughs> a normal parent? Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, we started celebrating Christmas about five, six years ago. My dad forbade it for years because he thought that you would... didn't even get it as a little boy where it would have done something for you. That is a shame. Oh man, uh, look, Hanukkah was okay when I was a kid. It worked. It it, it filled in the, the the niche. But I gotta say, Christmas is addictive. It's so fun. As we're very maximalist. <laughs> it's hmm? we're very maximalist. Yeah, no, it's it's. There's no limit to what you can do with Christmas. With Hanukkah, there's no you, limit what you can win. You know, with with Hanukkah, you 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 uh you light a candle, and maybe if you're if you really want to squeeze water from a stone, you'll spin the dreidel and eat some gelt, and I don't know, put up some lame decorations. But That's with the Christmas, thing, right? Is the that's like the baseline. Doing things like that is baseline for Christmas. You can do if all you're, this wild shit. Like, you can bring in fake Santas and fake Grinches to meet your kids. There is no fake right. whatever. You're not going to bring in a fake Maccabee on Hanukkah to, like, te- or, or, like, fake or fake uh, Macedonian Greeks to, like, you know, terror, terror, terrorize the, the, the house. You're, uh... That'd be pretty fun, though. If your aunt gives you, like, a pair of socks... On Christmas Eve, you're legally allowed to stab her with a fork. I know. That's just what you guys expect. Well, that's the thing is, you know, it's the the fortunate thing of doing Hanukkah for so long is I wasn't spoiled by Christmas. You know, I I don't take it for granted. I feel that there's a lot of Christmas celebrators who don't who who take their Christmas for granted and are even willing to ruin it. You know, like willing to 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 make it a bad time of year when really like it's right. it's the it's the it's the time of year you just gotta put the effort in making it nice no matter what right. mm-hmm. just 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 you know get all the decorations out and do all the lame little traditions and and, and open up presents and, and make you know and all that kind of stuff could you go ahead and tell us what do you want for christmas this year what's on your christmas list what are you asking santa it's, you know what, uh, that's the thing. I don't want anything from Santa. I want something thoughtful that may not be useful to me, but just thoughtful from one of my family members. So I don't know what it will be. So you want one present? No, 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 multiple ones. It has to be a lot of ones. Otherwise, it's, it, it's, <laughs> otherwise we're back to that kind of like, you know, m- like Christmas morsels that we did when I was younger. It has to still so be full every- Christmas. Every member of your your family has to give you something that is thoughtful but not useful to you. Okay. It doesn't have to be not be useful. It just has to be thoughtful. Maybe it's like Christmas th- presents are better when they're not useful. Well, you know, it's like it's like uh, I got uh, I got a webcam once for Christmas. I didn't know I needed a webcam or wanted a webcam, but you that know, my, my pays bro- for my, itself in a few months. Yeah, you know, um, you with the right occupation for sure. You were a model for a minute. How was that? That was horrible. You didn't like it? It, it, I don't know. I, I wouldn't even consider myself like a model, even though technically on paper I was because. Did they put you on the black couch? No, it's more just that to be a model, 
it needs to, there's a portion of your soul that you have to sell from the get-go. You have to basically have the instinct of being obsessed with looks. I am a greasy nerd who spent many years on World of Warcraft. I am far from the, you know, pamper and clean myself up mentality that the average model I met had. Like for them, their average evening wasn't spent, you know, eating chips and playing video games. It was like going through a, a, a hair and skin routine. You know, that shit right. can take hours. Awful. Right. Terrible stuff. That was horrible. Horrible. Uh, <laughs> eating celery and puking it up. Yeah. You know, you got to basically like be uh, willingly be a living, a living coat hanger, a living mannequin doll. And as clean as one, too, you know, as 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 groomed you're too as one. dominant, you're too dominant for that. Are you an alpha male? Would you describe <laughs> yourself as one of Cobra Tate's biggest disciples? I mean, I'm, I'm a new kind of male. You know, I'm not alpha. I'm not beta. I'm not sigma. I'm actually, he's a BDSM top. I can tell you that. That's true. But that's you used to go to munches. Oh, God, I went to two and it was it's it was more than I've been to. <laughs> I don't know what a munch is. Explain it's, to us a munch. It's a get together for kinky people. And it's a get together where you put your chick, your uh, Chuck E. Cheese tickets in the little thing's mouth, <laughs> and it tells you how many you got. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> go ahead. Tell, tell it for real. That's it. That's literally all it is. It was we the first the only one I remember. I went is there. Is it like a networking thing? It was it was as it was about as unremarkable as you could imagine. We just sat at various tables in a bar and and chatted about being kinky, which. Again, I, you couldn't think of a lamer way of approaching it. The only thing that was sort of made it obvious that it was kinky was there was one dude who had like three girls sitting around him because he had a sort of a harem thing. And then there was also the inverse at another table. And then there was just a bunch of people who you knew just by looking at them were some kind of sexual <laughs> freak. But by talking to them, you it was just so unremarkable. It was sort of like, yeah, and I like to have all these things up my butt at the same time. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I, I, I knew I, it. <laughs> I, I had a friend once who would just it like, like I'm in fucking class at like two in the afternoon. They're like, yeah, I just put my butt plug in or whatever. And it's like, why <laughs> all day? Really? Yeah. All, all right. Like people that, that do it like that all the time are exhausting. I don't know. That's the thing is, is. I realize that I'm that I'm not fit. I didn't fit into a munchie because I'm not always on. You know, right. when, when the time is right, I I, I I I bring out the beast. But you know, it's, <laughs> you unleash it's sort the of, beast. I'm not I'm, I'm I'm not an animagus. I'm a werewolf. You know, it, the, the moon has to come out, and then and then I come out. Is a, the beast in the studio with us right now? Can we can we talk to the beast? <laughs> no, because I'm not turned on right now, man. I can get you turned on. <laughs> Don't want to tempt fate. Hey, <laughs> hey, let's let's hear about that beast. Yeah, you got more experience we, with the text uh, we, text darping, man. Can we meet the beast? <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm, 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 so, what's I'm, the most depraved fetish you've came in contact with at a munch? <laughs> what is the most depraved fetish you've ever come in contact with at a munch? The most depraved fetish I came in contact in. Um, oh, that's would have been the baby dude. The baby dude. Oh, he no. wasn't. He wasn't shit. dressed as a baby, but he loved talking about all the baby shit he did. 
you know, he, t- he, 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 he brought out his, like, pacifier. He's like, I keep this on me like some good luck keychain. I'm like, bro. <laughs> Dude, like, if he, like he's like, you know, if I'm, ever feeling, if I'm ever feeling angsty, I put the pacifier in my mouth. And he just talked about how, like, you know, he had a whole baby outfit and he would. And, of course, he was too, he was too antisocial to, like, maintain a girlfriend to join in with the babying. But he did, but he was able to afford people, like, escorts who would participate, who were, like, specialized in doing the baby stuff. And so, you know, every once in a while, he'd indulge So, he, so babysitters. <laughs> Shit, you beat me to it. <laughs> How lucrative of a fucking niche in sex work has that got to be? Like, how much money do you charge? Do you charge by the hour, by the session? I feel that, like, assume. as a sex worker, you know, you, you have to, you have to um, just carry a sort of a tool belt of things you're willing to do every once in a while. But it's not like you're, it's not sort of, you're, you're you jack never of all trades. Become, you never want to become the baby person. You, or maybe you do. Maybe you, well, maybe we do the baby stuff, but maybe we also do other things. Which, I mean, if you had a, a dedicated clientele of baby men that you got to handle, <laughs> maybe that would be okay. That sounds like... I mean, if yeah. they always come back. Well, it happens by reputation, you know? You just, right. you do it once, and then it turns out that you have an affinity for being a mama. And you know what? I'm going to say, I, I doubt it would be the hardest thing ever to act like a mama. You know, for... Oh, sure. <laughs> it's just like a full hour of just rocking a grown man in a crib. Right? Well, I mean, some of them want it to literally just be the fantasy of being a baby. Others want to, like, you know, come at the end. And, right. you know, like, I feel, I feel you can go, you can branch down different paths of what you're, what you specialize in. Like, are you good at getting the baby, you know, rocks on? Or are you good at just making the baby really believe they're a baby? That was a hard sentence to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> well, like... I guess you you just you takes all types, you know. Like I, I'm not going to judge these people. It, we're all part of part of the great tableau of life. It is it is funny to go to an event like that. And what did you, in the back of your head were you kind of like I'm gonna go home and get laid. I'm going to where are the sexy girls are. No, or are you just like maybe I'll make some connections with like minded individuals. My first time going to the Munchie, I just wanted to sort of get to know the community. Because, you know, I was just sort of, oh, it's, it's something I'm interested in. There's a community. And I was suggested by the, that lady. Uh, you remember her, right? The one that I had the, the, the relationship the, with online? The, the grown adult woman that you... Yeah, the grown adult yeah, woman who, when I was the, 17... The emotional crutch for. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so, again, like, not off to a good start for the person recommending it for me. Um... But yeah, no, I just was curious. I just wanted to see if I could connect with them. My friend... Didn't that her, happen with uh, more than one adult woman in World of Warcraft? Yeah, that happened with another girl. Um, That's again, awesome. that wasn't, I don't think, part of my Jewish strength. That was just, that was just me. <laughs> <laughs> what is, uh, among, you're a big, big time member of the BDSM community. What is the most awful awful thing most people think like they they just like shun like even in the most taboo community they don't even like it um is it poo poo stuff no that's mild i mean it, it, not mild and like you know everyone does it it's just sort of 
it's that's very much in the realm of you do you, right? Right. I, you do do. I think the thing is, is that there's an understanding with the baby thing that it's the baby who's looking for someone to treat them like a baby. I feel if you were someone who needed your partners to be childlike, I think the inverse is a little bit more sort of creepy. Um, right. Yeah, that is, that is, it's, well, I've always said any, any kink or whatever, it's basically okay as long as it's something that you want to happen to you. It gets weird when it's like, I want to do this to another person. That's the thing, right? Like, so for example, I think, I think the big one that's sort of more into the realm of this isn't a kink, you just need therapy, is like, um, sort of like bleeding kinks, you know, where it's like, oh, I want you to cut me with a knife and, you, you know, and that, that arouses me. It's just like, nah, you probably had something really horrible happen to you in life. And this is just like not the best way to, to process it. Kind right. of kind of area, you know, it's not like a, I mean, a lot of kink still is that to a certain degree, but right. this is like that's all it is. I mean, I can't I can't see the sort of the enriching well, you your life like, thing like to vampire it. shows and stuff like that. They're all doing that like sexy blood stuff. Like, <laughs> I feel like I've seen a knife get like on some vampire skin and like uh, I don't know some erotic vampire show. I don't watch enough of it to have an opinion or knowledge about it, but. We had a vampire on the last episode for a little while. Yeah, it was wild. I just feel like, like, I don't know. What about, like, brutal, like, impact stuff? Like, like, like do you know anybody who's ever been like, yeah, I need someone to, like, full, like, like buckle-knuckle me in the face? Well, I don't know. I feel like the, br- the blunt force trauma stuff is, and maybe it's just me, it's just a little bit more understandable because it's not... It's not as wounding. I mean, I guess if you get to a point C- where you're literally the like skin feels permanent, putting that that and mm. another one is like the really sort of the near death stuff. Like when you get to the near death stuff, like not just simply choking someone, but actually like vacuum sealing them, and like yeah. the only way they can breathe is through a tube. I'm like, that, this is like some weird like ritual. I feel I feel I feel it's just not. Uh, I mean, I can't even see a boner on their vacuum sealed, you know bodies it's just it's just them encased in 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 rubber those are kind of fascinating to me and i think it's a a little bit to the same reasoning with the like knife play and needle play not in a like oh this like turns me on or anything so much as like it's it's really interesting the the like like the need for a loss of control yeah you're like nose diving Mm. into like the most extreme um like uh what's the word i just had it on my like uh it's like intimacy like like it's such a your nose diving into such an extreme form of intimacy and vulnerability yeah i mean the level of trust it would take to let somebody put a knife to you is like pretty intense like i it's definitely not for me but you know i i I guess i kind of get why people would get into it you know but that's the thing is that's why I'm saying it's sort of in the realm of you kind of need mm-hmm. therapy because it's a very sort of <laughs> desperate struggle for the catharsis that most of us can get with a lot less. You know, I feel right. like, sure because I don't I'm not convinced that someone who gets vacuum sealed is feeling, a you know, this unheard of level of intimacy with their partner that no one could feel by just 
loving someone dearly and holding them in your arms for for a little while you know like i feel like right. i feel you can accomplish what they're feeling but it's just so much harder for them to and you know it's right. my my sympathies mm-hmm. like it's absolutely my sympathies in a way like that you've kind of right. got to make this weird sex intimacy soup uh to to sort of get that well i got in an argument with somebody the other day talking about like i think all all kink Every one of them, on some level, for the most part, comes down to wanting control or wanting to give up control. Like it's that—that's like the basic, the basic human psychology of any of it. It's just varying levels of like. What about pee stuff? Well, it's you know you want to be uh, degraded. Why is it degrading? You ain't peed on. How is that degrading? It just depends on. It's like a difference in perspective. I don't find the act degrading. Well, I suppose some people, I mean... Well, I, for some, it's a humiliation thing, and I think for some, there's, like... Sometimes it's, like, a... What's the word I'm looking for? Like, kind of, like, a control thing, like, physical bodily control uh, of your Ah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It'd feel it, more natural. A yeah. human, like, kind of, yeah. It's an, exclu- it's, it's an exclusivity thing, right? It's, it's sort of the, mm. the, the rush of giving someone permission to do something to you that no like society doesn't even allow them to do on a on a regular day like if you if it's it's so it's so i guess exclusive in that way because it requires such a uh a a trust at least in a healthy in a healthy version unhealthily right you're just letting any random person piss on you and then it's just again then it's just the the depraved humiliation like shame thing yeah it's just what you do every day up there in canada (laughs) i feel like i'm always getting figuratively pissed on right (laughs) but uh yeah like i I just got in a big argument about it but i like you know everyone's more alike than they're different you can you can be weirded out by what level a person is on, but like it's all the same. It's all the same itch. It's just in the way you scratch it Similar and what what things that you have latched onto to scratch it. Right. Do you think all kink is based in trauma? No, not all, but I think it's a part of it. I think well, it, a lot of times it's you're you end up horny for what you were scared of. Because it's you're kind of trying you want to have control over that thing, right? Yeah. It's why like so many straight women have a rape thing. Because that's you're terrified of it all the time. But you can simulate it, you can control it, you can kind of like compartmentalize it into something that you can understand and like have some level of like like control over, like I say. Yeah, and I know a couple of people who have like specific kinks who are very like, you know, like, yeah, I, I'm really into this thing. If I see it in anything else and I'm not expecting it, ew, fucking disgusting, get it away from me. I like extreme discomfort or like almost like a, a phobia almost. It's really right. interesting. So you guys eat poutine over there. Well, I don't know. I mean, I kind of have had situations where I can I could feel myself developing a kink more. And then for some right. reason, it just petered off, you know, like I never felt myself really 
uh, going the, the the whole way out. And I don't know if this counts as kink or more fetish, but like at one point, I I could definitely say I was sort of starting to develop into a furry, right? Like I, right. I, I definitely Bro, I was definitely fucking with that shit. But then just right. some reason it just kind of became a small little niche thing where you know that it didn't become the dominant element of my sexuality. Like well, you know, like feed the beast. The beast, yeah. <laughs> Well, there's a question for the 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 mugwumps. What would your uh, persona be? Fox. fox? Okay. Yeah. We've got one fox. I'd be a fox. Oh, I'd be a I dog. Think octo- You'd be a dog. You'd be a dog. Yeah, I can natural. see that. What kind I of think dog? I'm an octopus would you be like sometimes? a puppy or like a wolf dog kind of thing? Would yeah, you be like no, a no, puppy or no, a wolf not dog? a wolf dog. I'm like I'm talking about like like Labrador t- retriever. Uh, oh, that's cute. Okay. You know, the thing is that I I have that combination of of of. Strong loyalty and also just being a bit of a piece of shit that, you know, the, <laughs> that the average sort of, you know, scruffy dog just fits for me. Okay. We got Sometimes it. I think octopus. Maybe, maybe a moose. Maybe a moose or like a... That's because you've been called moose your whole I've life. I've been called moose my whole life. I don't know. It's... I like elephants, but I, I wouldn't say an elephant. I, lo- I love octopuses. You got some real unorthodox picks right there. I do. That's but why I like I've, that. Those, that's, the unique ones I are think, cool. I think it would be easier to sexualize an octopus than it would be to sexualize an elephant. Or a giraffe. Or a giraffe. Giraffes are more sexualizable than an elephant, of course. Because <laughs> they they're close to nets. horses. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And imagine the deep throating a giraffe could give. Right. <laughs> Mine would be either a fruit bat or a goat, I think. Dude, goat sona. <laughs> <laughs> right, what's yours? Or a possum. All right, Elms. What's your Drop persona? the beat. What's your what's your persona? I haven't talked at all this entire episode. Well, now it's time for you to and start. Now what's you're your wanting persona? me to give? I don't know. You never what's gave any thought animal? into like what you would be like if you were a furry. No. I feel like everybody has, even if you're not a furry. Yeah, you, like, I mean, you, you come in contact about... and like the idea intrigues you. I don't you, know like... what kind of animal. It's a lot of pressure. Well, to it's like any someone. animal. Like, like pick I, I picked animal. fox. We got a goat and an octopus. In you the mean world. an anteater? I don't know. I don't anteater be would an be fun. That would be stupid. You know, you would be. I don't want to be an anteater. I don't know. Let's all take. Let's a take a guess. What would Helms be? Turtle for sure. Turtle. 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 Maybe. I think orangutan. Beaver. I can see a beaver. Beaver. I can see a beaver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A beaver. Industrious. Sona. A hey, you're, in, you're industrious. You love dams. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's 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 there. There are two wolves inside you, and one of them is a furry, and it's it's whichever one you feed is the one that takes control. That's an ancient. <laughs> I feel it's more one. just like it's not even one is a furry. One is just a deviant. One's just 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 dark in me. You know, I, I, uh, I, yin I, and Wang. <laughs> I feel if I had some more unhealthy relationships, it might it might have it might have grown a little bit more. Well, how many uh, more could you have possibly handled? True, true, true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had a bit of a, a bad run. I, well, I found this little boy in World of Warcraft. It's a great way to start a statement after I we've found, been talking about kink and furries. Well, I found and, this little boy, and he, he, he grew up and just started having cyber sex with, with 30, 40-year-old American women. He was 36. And I could I couldn't have been more proud. <laughs> Look, I'll tell you what. It it was a lot better when it stayed in the realm of World of Warcraft and not in the weird sort of realm of basically becoming her sort of escape tool from her her live-in boyfriend who, you know, was kind of a deadbeat. 
Well, sure, you get to be an elf in one of them. Actually, fun <laughs> fact, the other so- online girlfriend I had was a similar thing, where I was sort of her little, like, online escape from her, you know, neglectful boyfriend. So I guess that's... it's. it's- that's the niche. It's very funny how common of an experience it is that some 13 to 15 year old boy was helping like 27, 30 year old yeah. women through divorces. <laughs> On World of Warcraft, yeah, World specifically, of Warcraft specifically, it is a class. It's a classic. That is vibe. bizarre. Yeah. It was so funny to like, like back in the day, to watch your like charismatic draw to all of these people as though you weren't playing like a nasty little forsaken. <laughs> <laughs> you were you were a zombie and they were still after you and a dwarf. You were never like a sexy thing. You had that riz. You were oh. rizzed out at 15 years old. So rizzed he out. He was rizzed out. He was a model. That adults were willing to commit <laughs> felonies with you. <laughs> maybe 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 there is something to me being an alpha male. I don't know. It's sort of a it's <laughs> a <laughs> I'm a cyber alpha male. <laughs> the damn robot. <laughs> well, I mean, I gotta say, I'm Smith a lot more proud of of how of how my 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 zombie uh, overtook the guild than how Drom overtook Clan Ironhammer. I mean, Clan Ironhammer. God, that was so fun. That just came by virtue of the the guild leaders just being absent. You know, he yeah, made, he made some. I remember he were. just made some some in character statement like, "I'm going off on a journey and I will be back," and then like months later he wasn't back. So I just just took the reins. You know, right. and, but um, with the other one, that guy, he needed to be on top. He needed to be the center of attention. And he still like, you know, got. <laughs> I took his girlfriend. Just, I took his you girlfriend. Just did, <laughs> you did guild events better than anyone else did guild events. And we had people from outside the guild coming to do it. And the, the fucking leader got pissed and tried to disrupt your event. And everyone just got mad at him like. I remember that night. That was so Like, they funny. came to try to upstage you, and they just got booed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was great. I remember because even though... I did, First of all, I didn't realize that... I found out afterwards that it, he was playing the alt of the... He wasn't playing the uh, character that was the guild leader. He was playing some alt that was meant to be the student. And I didn't realize it was his alt, but I guess everyone else did. I basically sent him to detention. In that fucking, uh. <laughs> in that class. Like, I told him, like, you know, if you're going to interrupt, then you fuck off, basically. In, in that sort of alpha way. And he did. Everyone clapped. Everyone clapped and you grew up to be I actually got, had an everyone clapped <laughs> moment. No, no joke. We got you kicked really out did, because yeah. you started fucking his girlfriend. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. That was awesome. And the only thing that he did, the only reason he actually kicked me out was because I promoted you. Because I thought you would have made a good teacher. That's, That's so right. That's you guys right. were doing like public school role play. We, yes. It was like we, a university. Oh, yes. Okay. We, it was Shadow a university. University. It was the edgiest university <laughs> in the realm. But see, he did, he did, cl- he was an undead, right? So he did classes talking about like flesh working, like sewing people together, doing all that kind of necromancy stuff. Right. And he just, he just, he teaches an engaging class. He makes it fun, especially when you're like, your thing is like, I am an orc and I'm going to teach you how to fight with a sword and you're going to stand over there and pretend to fight. And I'm, you know, and when he is actually giving like, it was a, a lot real, of like, like, like making up things to give a real, inst- like, instructional class and like having you fun things. You had a lesson things. plan, exactly. Yeah, like, like, like I, I would be like bringing like jars of formaldehyde or whatever. You Her know, character got pregnant with a big bug. I wouldn't call it his... pregnant so much as oh like, my god, I remember that with a parasite. <laughs> you had we the had parasite. to give a C- we had to give a C section to a parasite 
in her character's womb because he did it in secret because it was part of an experiment. And so in class, we were like doing a parasite C-section. Oh, yeah. This that's is the thing. awesome. I just... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. That was the How thing about my... How have covered this before? <laughs> okay. The, the thing about Alphone, here is, his, here is the character's basic concept. He was a completely sort of emotionally dead former flesh worker for the Lich King. And then when the Lich King died, he just sort of was out of a job. And so he, he kind of wandered into Silvermoon and joined this academy to continue his craft because that's all he left. That's all he cared about was like pushing the limits of the, of the humanoid body. And he had no problem with explaining what he was doing along <laughs> the way. And, people, and, that, and that's all it was. It was just sort of, you know me headcanoning ideas of how necromancy and the, f and the actual flesh element worked. Like, how do abominations get put together? How do death knights, mm -hmm. you know, do this and feel that? And what is the relationship between the soul and the body? And then I just turned that into lessons. And We had a really good back and forth because he was, the, he was like the straight man and I was the really funny guy, but like, he was a straight man in like a mad scientist way. Oh yeah, you were my, you were like my test these, subject in the yeah. In the you would do these ex, like immoral things, and then I would react to them. But then I would I was like sarcastic and goofy, and you were like dead serious. It was a good it was a good bit. We got kicked out for being too good. Yeah. Straight up, I mean, it was it was it was it was tragic. I actually probably would have had a lot of fun continuing on that guild, but uh, yeah. I, uh, I I remember um, I, I played a goblin at the time because I that's all I really play ever, um, <laughs> and I remember every time I saw you, you were asking how much money it would take for my goblin to let you cut off and eat her ears. Oh yeah, I used to have goblin <laughs> ear jerky, and I was wondering yes. if I could like get some from you. Yeah, <laughs> the guy I I, I'm, I don't remember if I asked this out loud or not. Just I mean. Are they gonna grow back? It was, no. it was the answer a good, was no. <laughs> it was a good time. It was a good bit. Which, like, you know, the thing with when I was playing World of Warcraft every night, I'm sure you can relate, is that I had nothing else going on in my life, and I was fucking miserable. And then I actually got a life, and you just don't want to be on WoW all night anymore. The thing is, is that there's it. There's a lot of downtime, even in, in RPing. And if you don't get a good kind of momentum like we had with those two guilds, I, like, right. I, I, I can't do the sort of like instanced daily on its own encounter where I meet the 50th person in a bar and we have the 28th, like, I don't know, bar fight or, or you know, hijinks when we're drunk kind of thing. You know, that, that just... Yeah. It just it, becomes, like, so monotonous. Especially on Horde, but you go and play, like, a... Well, uh, Horde truth sucks. or Dare. Horde is objectively the shit faction. I can't argue with that. I recently moved to Moonguard on, on my Alliance character, and it's like... Moonguard rocks. It is, <laughs> it's fucking crazy how much more alive it is than the one we were on. Yeah, yeah, it sucks how much Horde is just not... Great. I mean, it has the reputation it has for the reason. Right. Goldshire Moonguard, dude. Right. But, uh, like... Basically, all of my character ideas are for Horde critters, and everybody else just wants to play Alliance, and it's like, God 
damn it, y'all, like... You might be one of four people who have come up with creative ways to play Horde characters. I love my goblins. I so. love them. Why don't you just go hang out with Alliance people? You can be in the same, you well, can be in the now, same guild now, can't you? Yeah, yeah can no, it's basically, yeah, faction basically doesn't exist Look, anymore. here's the thing. Gnomes don't have giant floppy ears. They're yeah, not as but cute. they got that cute-ass double ponytail thing going got, on in the Look, they got giant ears. Look they have big round ears. They, yeah, Toby likes but gnomes. they're not pointy. Are, are uh, gnomes in World of Warcraft Jew-coded? Would you say so? Yeah. What coded? Jew-coded. Jew-coded? Um, no, they... Uh, we're talking about goblins, right? Gnomes. Gnomes. Actually, yeah, you know, gnomes are closer to Jews than goblins are. Um, just in terms of, uh... Well, they're diaspora gnomes. Yeah, they got kicked out of a, a vault, right? Yeah. <laughs> out of a... Well, I don't know, because I, cause I, I feel like they, they almost did themselves a, a, a service by making all the other sort of personalities of the cultures of the other uh, races very sort of distinctly something like one-to-one in a world like the goblins are very much this sort of like italian mafia voice like hey how you doing kind of thing um right. the gnomes are just dorks and there's just a lot of dorks in judaism so it, it it kind of we inherently just inherit gnomes by 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 having a lot of those in our in our ranks just like these nasally people who who are really into this and that it's just sort of a just our niche right well dran i get to be Jewish and Muslim and Catholic all at once. Nah, Draenei are straight up like the sort of Aladdin realm. I find, you know, they they well, even they also they're a little they're a little Arabian Nights too. They're very much Arabian Nights in my view. Like I don't get any Jewish vibes from from Draenei. They're, By the they're, way, all our listeners that don't care about World of Warcraft, go fuck yourself. Yeah, <laughs> eat shit. That don't care about it. <laughs> this or is, the this one is the reminiscing said, episode. This is the least. Engagement we've had from Helms on an episode. <laughs> Let's talk about okay. history. Toby, who is your favorite Hanna Barbera cartoon character? <laughs> That's how you can tell that I'm 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 not the the item for engagement. I don't even know. I don't even know Hanna Barbera. What cartoons did you grow up with? You had like fucking Total Drama Island and stuff, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I had the Teletoon yeah. shit. Yeah, you probably watched Sixteen, right? Yeah, 16. Oh, yeah, 16 for sure. I remember 16. That shit oh. rocked. I love 16. Those... I like that uh, I didn't like Total Drama Island, but you got to see pixelated boobs one time, and it was like you have to catch every episode, obviously. Oh, dude. I mean, I, my, my fiancé and I are re-watching Total Drama Island. The, the hip proportions are phenomenal. Jesus I, I, Christ. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean, man. It is bizarre. I'm just like it speaks to me. Any one of these can be a, like a perfectly adequate waifu just just from looks alone. I'm like, oh yeah, they they covered every type a fledgling 13 year old boy could need. If you, if you had to pick one to be your waifu, would it be Lindsay? Lindsay, I have to associate that. I don't know the faces to the names. She's just, uh, she's the dumb one with the hairband. No, no, no. I I'm not a I'm not a dumb blonde guy. I. I, I you would have. What was the name what about of the Glenn, the, the, the goth? I would. She's mine. I would fuck with the goth, but not. She isn't my waifu. I just that's just What's sort the of. What's the bitch's name? Heather. 
Yeah, the the girl with the brown hair that's kind of like a conniving bitch seems like her. your type of person. Dude, exactly. I was about to say I'm trying to find yeah, her, she's my And there's the 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 dark-haired girl, like the the one who shows her boobs. I think so. Hold on. What's her name? Um Season 1. There's every type of guy too. Like you have to give it that. Like they're very smart with character designs to make like Preteens, Courtney. Courtney is Courtney. Is, is, yeah, Heather was the one. That, that was no, yeah, the I meant one. I meant Courtney, not Heather. I'm not yeah, into Cor- Heather. Courtney's the Courtney's the based one. Yeah, Heather's like Poindexter. I'm gonna like like girl boss it. Yeah, I like yeah, I like I like I like Courtney because she was a tryhard to a fault, and I respect that. Not because I am, but just because like you know she's gonna put effort into the relationship and and every element of it. You know, right. But yeah, then then there was Katie and Savy. That was that was a that was someone's. Someone was into that. Oh yeah, they were the, they were like the twins, right? Or no, they weren't twins. They were best friends. They yeah. dressed the same. They're best friends. They dressed the same. They were inseparable. And I'm like, someone's into that. They were cute. Yeah, they were cute. Oh, I had Courtney and Heather mixed up. Never mind. Still a Heather guy. <laughs> I, it's been so long. Which like every season they had a new cast basically, and no, I don't think was, I ever that really. That wasn't it until like. I never really learned all the new characters. Like, it, it became almost unrecognizable after a point. It wasn't until after the movie set one where they had, like, new cast members. Yeah, and yeah, there was, like, up. the movie set one. <laughs> Coming from someone who just said they didn't like the show, I, I, I know a lot about the show. It was one of the things that was on all the time. Good. It was awesome. Yeah. 16, not so much. I don't remember. I wasn't a huge 16 head. 16. Uh, well, now here's a question for the group, real quick. Uh, which beloved childhood cartoon character served as the catalyst for your sexual awakening? Thorn of the Hex Girls from Scooby Doo and the Witch's <laughs> Ghost. Okay, that's a good pick. Is the most that's perfect woman who has ever existed. That's an original perfect take. You know right how there. people used to kill themselves to go to Pandora? I would kill myself if it meant I got to be with the fucking Hex Girl, the red Hex Girl. I love you too, baby doll. And Scooby Doo Land. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> But I no. would see a mummy and I'd get scared to death again. See, <laughs> I was all for the I was all for the blue hex girl, the one with the the pigtails, because that was just like no, that, she's cute. That was yeah, that was that great combination of like sexy goth and then just cute blonde that 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 does it for me. The other one's cute too. I mean, they're all all three of them are very very pretty, but literally like the red hex girl Thorn is the reason that I realized I, that I like I, women. I can't remember. A specific cartoon character but i remember looking up stuff when i was young and it led me to like newgrounds animations adult animations of like starfire yeah and via that connection i found myself uh watching neurotically yours like that foamy the squirrel stuff yeah and yeah. like the girl who is like owns foamy that's what my pick is the, like goth girl that's yeah. always in those yeah, yeah she's cute. that's what my yeah. pick is I was too young to be watching that, but still. What about you? <laughs> I, there are two other people you have to answer. To tell you the truth, I don't really know for sure. You didn't have like a like a cartoon character as a kid that made you horny. I mean, I I really am just sitting here trying to rack my brain now. I can't think of like a specific like lightning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Garfield the cat. There we go. I, I related you? to his oh. lasagna. Well, the lust. obvious pick is the bunny bitch from uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Jessica Rabbit, Jessica sure, Rabbit. yeah, no, Jessica Rabbit. I remember, <laughs> I remember looking bunny. up uh, porn of Jessica Rabbit on your 
uh, DSI when you weren't around. <laughs> That's like the third like pornographic thing you've referenced. Looking up on my fucking DSI. Well, oh. I know it was. It's always the same story. I looked up Jessica Rabbit on your DSI. Oh, okay. I used to look like like Midna Hot, Princess Peach Hot on the Wii. Oh, you know what was a big one for me? For porn yet? Teen Titans, Teen Titans, man, that that was huge. Yeah, mm. I think all the like like Raven and Starfire basically are the sexuality of like a lot of people. Yeah, goth goth bitches. There are two goth Teen Titans in your body. One is Raven, one is Starfire. <laughs> right. You well, you wish you had them in your body. But the one Teen Titans cast member you'd want to fuck the most is obviously Beast Boy, right? I've connected you with Beast Boy in my head for as long as I've known you. I've had I've gotten that a lot. A yeah. lot of people have said that about me. You look like him and you sound like him and you kind of have a similar personality. You also used to say I sounded like Aziz Ansari. Yeah, you're green. The, the, you're green. <laughs> Man. <laughs> the first time I heard Aziz Ansari, like on the radio, I, I honestly I was like, Did did Jesus cut a stand-up record and I didn't know about it. <laughs> Which is funny because now like I've I, you know now I know I'm trying my ear better or whatever, but like the first it was like, oh my God. Like one for one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you feel that? That palpable silence? <laughs> that's that's shame you feel after discussing pornography. I don't feel just I don't, shame I don't, I you think feel after shame. consuming it. I we're wish just, I had a more interesting. We're just answer. in deep contemplation on this, you know? We're, we're trying we're trying to it, yeah. find the, the root of all of our sexuality. That's a big thing. It's a big ask. We've been talking about a lot this episode. I found out I, a lot about myself. I this can tell episode. you, and I may have said this in the pub before, I don't think so, but I can tell you exactly the moment that I realized I kinda like guys. It was the bit in Twilight Princess where Link takes his shirt off to sumo wrestle. Hey, okay. Twilight Princess is good for that because like Midna and Zelda and Link are all like way hotter what than they the usually are. What is the most shameful <laughs> thing you're willing to admit on the podcast that that of when you were younger and first started exploring that sort of world of like online, you know, uh, pornographic content? Okay, so here's my shameful porn story: is I didn't know internet history existed. <laughs> and I didn't know that you could delete internet history. And I, I got uh, viruses, which funny enough, I think, the, I think I didn't cause the viruses because I was just like looking at like boobs on boobs.com or whatever. I wasn't like downloading anything. <laughs> I think Papa would get fucking viruses on his computer. But I went into such a paranoid freak out spiral that someone would find out I was looking at porn on Papa's computer that I poured Coca-Cola <laughs> in the back of his computer to destroy it. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace. I almost <laughs> killed. I almost killed myself. Be, not on purpose, but because my first thought was to get a pair of scissors and cut through the cord. Oh God! <laughs> I just meant like in content you were consuming. Oh, in content I was consuming. Because I was, I was bringing it up so I could like, like know, discuss like good. reading clot fiction or like My Little Pony stuff. No, you I've go ahead. Listen, I think, me, I but, think like, that when I was when you're like twelve or thirteen or whatever, like when that's kicking in. You start to associate those feelings with whatever you're watching at the time. That's Absolutely. why our generation is very focused on like cartoon stuff. Right. It just so happened to be I was watching one of the weirdest cartoons to be watching. Well, and humanized ponies are always cute. Like they, yeah, they're good designs. Again, when we discuss furry stuff. Anthropomorphic anything is like right. awesome. Like airplanes. I don't like. Even. I don't like ponies. Some as people ponies, have those like, like unconventional personas. Like that some people want to be cars. Right. You know. So. Well, you gotta have you know you want like a neon tongue and like. Stick it up your tailpipe, you ugly whore. <laughs> I'd like to be able to travel 80 miles per hour at least. That'd be kind of cool. What is so your most <laughs> shameful is uh 
My Little Pony stuff? Yeah. What about you, Toby? My most shameful what? Porn? Um, l- yeah. Content consumed. Oh, like when you were younger. Yeah. I, for, for pornographic reasons. Um, I used to have like the biggest collection of pornographic images. And I think the most shameful thing about that in hindsight was all of the effort I put to preserve it in the long run. Like, I didn't even look at it after a while, but I just needed to keep it on me because I thought one day My- I'm just going to have a super wank of of it was <laughs> thousands of images. You were and, 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 and it was so, it was, it, it, it really... You were ahead of your time. It, it, it reflected my, my inclination to administration because this shit was so well organized. I had files and subfiles <laughs> and title categorization for all of these pictures. And I don't know why, because I could have just opened up any random one. It would have been enough. But I, you know, I... But it was, my laptop it was too much. to this day, to this day, I think the biggest, like, takes up so much fucking space is I, an ever... An ever Growing. An ever-growing file of pornography dating back to like 2012 that I have I have managed to save and keep a hold of across three laptops. Damn. And I was even like, I'm gonna put this on a jump drive so I free up the space of my computer and I can have my laptop places and not have like the fucking library of Alexandria of porn. That's gotta be like a family heirloom. <laughs> but it's and then I was like, wait a minute, but what if I want to jack off on my laptop and I don't have my jump drive? Oh I stopped God. in the middle. It was like a two-day transfer or something, and I just stopped. I was like, well, what if I, what if I want it and don't have it, though? Because you can plug it into your laptop. I know, you I just, know. I should, I should still do that. But, you like, you can't, like, your... that's not shameful. That's just smart. Because sometimes Ooh. artists just disappear off the face of the earth and nuke right. their gallery. True. Right. Oh, um, when do you consume pornography on like your day-to-day life when do you find like your opportunity to do so i have a problem right now where i have so little going on that i've, I've been like i think three days in a row i've woke up i've woke up at like nine and got out of bed at like 12 because i've just jacked off all morning and i feel <laughs> terrible about it after the fact but it's like i don't know i don't i don't like breakfast i want to get up when, the, when lunch is around um you, you gotta cherish that time you gotta you gotta, you gotta be able to this is like christmas being able to jerk off all day is like Christmas. You're taking it for granted. You gotta, right. you gotta cherish that jerk off day, where Absolutely. that's all you can do. Absolutely. Well, it's also like Christmas came early. <laughs> <laughs> I think in a way it's kind of like, especially when you live with somebody. And I've nothing. This is not any kind of statement against my lovely wife or anything. But when you live with somebody all the time, I think you still kind of you need like you time like like a a time and place that's yours and i think for me like like a nice long goon is kind of is more is less about getting off and more about i'm going to go and kind of be on my own for a little bit and like and this is the only thing that can keep me focused on being by myself and like personal for a while yeah exactly it's the reason i i I take so many baths at my parents house i don't jack off there but it's like no one can come in this room right now i am in this room i'm in this bathtub Stay away. That's why white women have the best like bathrooms, unless they've just done makeup. But like, if they always smell nice, they're well put together. Like, there's soft towels on the like the wall. Like, it's it's a very peaceful place. It's a it's a sort of like res res respute, respute, respite, respite, respite. Thank God for white women. Thank God for white women. Praise the Lord. 